Hello everyone, Coach Joe here and welcome to the Magellan Network Podcast, where you'll learn the rules and tools for success in the financial services industry to become a better business owner, entrepreneur, and professional. If you like this podcast and want to subscribe, search the Magellan Network Podcast with Coach Joe on SoundCloud or iTunes. With that said, let's get into it. Hi, this is your coach, Joe Lucas, and welcome to this episode of the Magellan Network Show. So let's start with this episode with a very, it sounds like a very simple question, but it has profound implications on how you're going to run your business going forward. Here's the question. What business are you in? Let me repeat that. What business are you in? And I know that's like, well, you know, it's interesting. You ask that question. I see some of you because I've asked people that over the last couple of weeks. And it's interesting how hard of an answer it is to formulate. Um, I'm a financial advisor. I'm in the wealth management business. I'm a, uh, I'm a financial planner, right? I'm a personal CFO. I'm a, a virtual family office, right? And, you know, you put anything and, you know, Reg BI is going to kind of put some terminologies around these things. But those are just labels, right? Let's look. That those are things that you'll stick on if you still carry business cards, or you know, on your website or on your LinkedIn profile, right? You'll label yourself. I am an X, right? But let's 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 dig in a little deeper. What is it that you do? So what what do you do? What do you do for clients? You know, and, and more importantly, the biggest question: Why, if I am in the market for one of you, and so I'm not going to say what you are. Why should I hire you? Why should I consider you versus the other 600,000 of you, right? Why you? Advisors really wrestle with the answers to these questions because they've never really sat down and determined that, number one. Number two, most advisors operate from a scarcity survival mindset. So your brain goes, well, we can't shut down any option for an opportunity, so we need to be wide and broad-based and, and, and all that. And and, you know, there's been a lot of talks about niching or niching, depending on only like tomato, tomato, right? Um, and, you know, I think a lot of times people get caught up in niching as like, well, well, I work with doctors or I work with small business owners or I work with executives or I work with that. And that is definitely a, a definition of a niche, right? Um, but there's also niches in terms of behavioral characteristics, right? I work with nice people. I work with uh, delegators, right? I work with families. I work with this. And I think you've got to be very clear. I think as I watch our industry now, again, I've had a very interesting vantage point for over 26 years. And I think there will always be what I call the country doctor model, right? So, hey, you know, I'm kind of here. I do a little bit of everything and, and stuff like that. And there's nothing wrong with that. And you'll make, a ver- you'll make a very good living. You'll make a very good living with it, right? And there's totally cool with that. Um, but it's going to be kind of, you know, a little bit of everything, right? And, and if you want to run your model, there's nothing wrong with that. There will be models out there. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But then own that, right? So if you're going to be a country doctor, be the best country doctor, right? So if you're going to be the country advisor, be the best country advisor, right? Like figure out how to serve, how to make profits, right? And how to walk around town feeling good about what you do, right? And that's totally cool. Nothing wrong with that. If you want to go down a little bit more of a definitive model, right? And that's fine. Then make sure you're going to be the best at that, right? So if you're going to sit there and say, hey, I'm going to specialize in working with doctors or medical professionals, then what is the ultimate model that looks like? Well, you, like how much value could you provide that you would blow away your competitors, that you would have like such client loyalty, right? 
that you know you just be you become known as the person. Oh, you got to hire this team or this group or this advisor, right? Because this is what they do. Like you got to ask yourself, how do I, you know, not how do I just do okay in there, but how do I dominate? And when I say dominant, let me be very clear. I'm not saying being the biggest. Okay, not being the biggest. Very rarely are the biggest the best, right? How many of you would agree that McDonald's has the best hamburger? Now, some of you, depending on your age and kind of how you roll, right? You may say they do have the best burger, and I feel sorry for your taste buds, right? Um, chances are it's probably not, but they sell the most. Why? Because bigger is always not the best, right? Now, if you're going, if that's your business model, hey, I want scale, I want size, then that's great. But I find that most advisors, at least the ones I work with, can, I mean, studies have shown that the average human being can keep track of about 150 relationships kind of organically uh, in their mind, in their head. And I think if you uh, if you go north of that as an advisor, you know, you better have some really good systems. And, and I say an advisor. So if you have like a team of juniors, you know, again, you just kind of you know, multiply out and, and you get the math. Um, and there's always those that, and that's a baseline, right? So ultra high net worth is not going to be close to 150 because you couldn't, you know, handle that. If you run a quasi family office, you probably won't be 100, 150 either, obviously. But if we had to average it all out, let's just call it 150. And I think a lot of advisors that I run across, they operate from the scarcity mindset. And, and what happens is they disarm themselves. They short circuit two of the most powerful tools of influence we have, scarcity and authority. And if you're not deploying scarcity and authority in your marketing messages, in your meetings, in your interactions with prospects, and this is by the way is not being arrogant or being an ass. Let me be very clear on that. It's not what we're saying here. But very clear on who you are, who you serve, and why somebody should hire you. That's not being arrogant. That's being congruent. That's being powerful, right? That's being able to take your message and push it out there in a meaningful way that attracts those people who say, you know what, that person resonates with me, right? My goal here inside of Magellan Network and my coaching work, we live in Magellan Network to 300 advisors. That's it. We'll never go above that. That's going to be, we're like the Spartans. We're looking for a few good, like the Marines, look for a few good men or women. That's it. You know, if other coaches want to build thousands of advisors, you know, I want to know each and every one of my clients, my members of my tribe. Like, I want to know them. And that's just me, right? Uh, loyalty is important to me, right? And, it, you know, some, when somebody said, well, loyalty, yeah, you're from New Jersey. It's that whole, you know, soprano thing. I said, no, it's not really about that. But I can see how it can, it can get uh, kind of put in there. My average client engagement is 13 years. I've got clients been with me 26 years. I've got clients, you know, I've got two of my first five clients ever still with me. I mean, think about that. Now, why is that? Because I haven't signed lifetime contracts? No. It's because um, I always add value. I always reinvent myself. I'm always, uh, I have a very, I'm always creative. I'm always thinking down the road. And here's the other thing. And this is probably, you know, when I've asked them that, the answer has always been, I know you care, and I know you got my back. And you become a friend. And that's powerful, right? So, you know, if you want to talk, if that's a business philosophy, then I guess that's my business philosophy, right? Um, clients for life, right? And I've been privileged 
in my career to build tremendous relationships with some very successful people, uh, some of which are now going and, and spreading their wings and, you know, creating, uh, like Micah Shalansky, uh, you know, taking some of my work, putting it in, through his experience and now becoming, and I think he'll be one of the bigger, bigger influencers in our space over the next 20 years. Yeah. Sort of like a coaching tree, right? You start thinking about it, say, look, here's somebody and, and, you know, that'll be, those are my crowning, uh, those are my crowning moments. Like crowning achievements when when I can see people realize their dreams and their aspirations right I mean I think that's uh, that's what drives me you know at some point hopefully you get to the place where uh, money is not really in the top three or four motivators anymore it's about the game it's about change it's about um, you know adding value to human beings now why are we talking about all this because this is where this is a philosophical conversation now how can I pull that off and why do you need to pull that off well it's very simple if you're not clear on who you want to serve and why they need you to serve them, and if you don't sit there and define how many seats you have on your bus or how many slots you have, uh, you know, going forward, then you're in a position where you're just going. You, there's no message. See, one of the things I've learned, uh, one of my mentors, Garrett White, he said something very profound in one of our training sessions. He said basically, if you try to speak to everyone. You speak to no one. So you've got to know who your ideal client is, your avatar, right? So who's that person? What is that, you know, in your case, what is that, what does that family look like, right? Or what is that, uh, what does that human being look like? You know, you know, what is that investor or that retiree or that doctor? Whatever it is, what do they look like? I think that's really, really important, you know, going forward. And I think that's where it can watch, if you can figure out who that person is, right? Now you can speak to them when you do your social media, your video, your audio, your blog posts and everything. You're talking, you need to picture a person and have a conversation. My avatar, very simple. It's an advisor who understands that, that they are the ones who either are going to make their game go great or they're gonna hold them back from greatness, right? So it's somebody who takes responsibility. It's somebody who's willing to invest in themselves. It's somebody who does not have a fixed mindset. It is somebody who's willing to try new things. Somebody who's who's not afraid of change, who is okay in getting uncomfortable, right? And willing to play full out. That's what I look for. I don't care gender. I don't care age. I don't care business model, although I will say that, that wirehouse advisors are at a disadvantage going forward. And so as a coach, it makes my job a little bit more challenging because a lot of things that I can deploy freely with my RA clients and my IBD clients, you know, we can't do over here. So it's a little bit of a kind of parting, if you will. But even with that said, I know the type of human being I work with, right? And that's who I look to speak. When I do these shows, I don't sit here and say, well, what can I say today that's going to get people to want to reach out, talk to me, or go reach out and look at Magellan Network or anything like that? I, you know, literally what I do, it's a little secret. There's no scripture, by the way, right? There's no notes or anything like that. I come up with like, okay, I'm going to talk about this today. And then I just riff and I go. And I, that's why it's not highly produced. There's a lot of ums and ahs. And like you see, you see my eyes kind of looking for, okay, what's my next thing I want to talk about? It's because it's authentic. 
Like my goal is to sit with you like face to face if you're doing the video part here and have a conversation with you about what I believe, about what I see. And I hope that that adds value to you. So let's kind of walk this back for a second and kind of see what are we talking about here. So number one, know who your ideal client is, right? Whether it's, whether it's a niche in an industry or profession or a background or experience or a certain personality. Like some of you may work better with retirees. Some may work better with pre, you know, some of you want to work with more millennial, younger people. That's fine. But know who you work with, right? Like claim that, like own that, be clear. You know, like who's your ideal client? Uh, somebody's got money. That's not what we're talking about. Like you got to get your, your ideal client avatar, right? Figured out. You need to have that. Next, how can you add massive value to that, right? The reason I have the loyalty that I have, and by the way, even inside Magellan Network, which is now, by the way, uh, Monday, we celebrate our two-year anniversary. Uh, we've got 170 members, so we're, we're more than halfway full of uh, filling out our tribe of 300. Is we have very we have very little turnover, you know, like in these and these are all month to months, by the way, which is, which is interesting, right? So everybody everybody plays my game plays for month to month. You can leave anytime you like, and I think in, I think the in a given quarter we'll have maybe three to four people pivot out, but we'll bring in fifteen to twenty. I'll take that all day long. Now, why do they stay? Because they get value. Why? Because I get up every morning trying to figure out how to give them value. Like I'm obsessed with that. How do I add more? How do I make it, you know, more exclusive, more powerful, more meaningful? If you're getting up in the morning and you're just trying to figure out how to survive the day and it's good enough and I don't need to create any, more, any new value, then you're just going to slide backward. And I talked to so a very, it's a kind of a sad story, but a story nevertheless. So I uh, was working with this gentleman. We're not going to get into names because I always want to protect that. But basically, he told me he was done growing his business. Like, I'm done. I won't be in growth mode anymore. And I said, great. Then you don't need to work with me. Like, we like we, we can park company now because I don't sit around. I'm not interested in coaching and working with somebody who's going to be a caretaker. And then the second part of that conversation is no such thing. You're growing or you're dying. That's it. You're getting better. You're getting worse. Period. End of story. So, you know, if you're going to go down that road, then you got to sit there and say, okay, now backtrack to my 150 comment, right? Well, Joe, what happens if you get to 150? Isn't that kind of caretaking? No, because you're always going to have clients that leave, die, or, or they become not good fits. There's always going to be an attrition game, is my point, right? And when you know how many slots you have, and especially if you're playing a good referral game, then all of a sudden, you know, you operate from really a, a psychology of abundance. When you operate from a psychology of abundance, to deploy authority and to deploy scarcity is really important. Now, scarcity has to be, both of these have to be authentic, by the way. So this is not just about, well, I'm going to kind of be a hard ass. No, it's not about that. You know, like my game always starts with a, I believe everybody should get to toe wet with me, right? So what I do uh, in Magellan Network, 14-day trial, right? You come in, test drive, it makes sense to stay. If not, no harm, no foul. Very simple, right? On the personal side, it starts with a, you know, I call it an intro call. Hey, do we like each other, right? What's your story? Then we may pivot to a, an application evaluation, which I charge for. And then we pivot into a project, right? That's why I do things. Now, that process there is usually 30 days, right? 30 days. So from first, first contact to let's make a, con let's have a conversation. It's about a month. And I do that very, for a very important reason. 
Um, number one, I want to evaluate. Number two, uh, I have found, and I'm sure some of you have found this too, when somebody's really in a rush to hire you, they can really be in a rush not, to not hire you, right? And so how committed is the person, right? How patient is the person, right? Are they are they looking for a quick fix or are they interested in a longer-term relationship? And those are things that I always want to, you know, be around. I want to understand that. I think all of you, okay, what is your onboarding process, right? How do you take scarcity, right? And, I t and I'll tell you, some of my clients, and this is, you know, is going to sound very counter to what you would think. But several of my clients always have at least a one, if not two-week hard stop, which means if you want to go have an introductory phone call with them to hire them, you're going to be a week, if not two weeks out. In some cases, I've got somebody who's about three weeks out, right? Now, why would you make a person wait that long? Like, oh, it's an investor. They got money, right? Let's go get it. You know, and some of you, which drives me absolutely nuts, you know, you've got a prospect call in, man, hey, can you come in today? Can you come in tomorrow? Like, we're just totally available. How do you create scarcity and authority when you're basically operating your business like McDonald's. Man, we'll just sell you a burger. We don't care how good it tastes. How many do you want? Right? Think about the other professionals in your life. Maybe you needed surgery. Maybe, maybe you need to have your knee scoped and you did your research and you found like, oh, this is the person that does NFL players and you know, that rock. Oh, you know what? He can he can scope you in about he or she can scope you in about six weeks. You go, it's okay. I got one of the hey, I had to wait a month or six weeks, but you know, I got the best. Right? Why do we think that waiting so long equates being the best? Scarcity. Right? But what do we do here? We jump, you know, we fall all over ourselves to get somebody in. You got to take your time in onboarding prospects. You want to kind of, you know, take, you need a process. So it has to be defined. Like, hey, we're going to do this, this. And, and you, like I always tell somebody, hey, you know, you know, we ch chat today. You're not going to be, we're not going to be in decision making mode for three to four weeks. And that's just the way it is. Right? And I'm okay with that. And it takes a lot of pressure off because, um, you know, I want clients for life. That's just my philosophy. Now, obviously, it doesn't always happen. I get that. But that's my game, you know. I mean, I love the fact that I've got clients that we started, our kids were in diapers, and uh, now they're gradu they've graduated college. I mean, that's a long journey with somebody, right? Those are the journeys I, I love. Those are the ones that make life worth living. Those kind of journeys. So I want you to think about as we get ready to wrap up this episode. I know I've been kind of a little random here, but again, you know, we just kind of we're just having conversations today. Number one, who do you want to serve? Number two, how do you become the best at serving them? Right? Number three, how do you want to take them on? Number four, how many can you really serve in your current business model? Right? And you cannot be afraid. You cannot be afraid to get rid of relationships. If they're not working out anymore for you and you see them in the schedule, it's like, mm, now, like, I hope they cancel, right? That's a pretty good clue. You shouldn't be working with that person. If anything through this whole COVID-19 thing has taught me, life is precious and it's too damn short. So let's not waste our times with relationships that don't serve us, that don't give us joy, that are not win-win. Thank you for listening and watching this episode of the Magellan Network Show. So there you have it. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, I would like a 14-day free trial to the Magellan Network to get better at business development, practice management, personal development, and overall create the ideal vision for yourself and your business. Please visit 
MagellanNetwork.net. That's MagellanNetwork.net and claim your 14-day free trial. As always, I'm here to help you become a better business owner, entrepreneur, and professional. And with that, I'll catch you next time on the Magellan Network Podcast with me, your host, Coach Joe. Take care.